Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. I couldn't imagine teaching right now. The only individuals that were in favor that spoke in terms of testimony were lobbyists. It kind of empowered some of the chaos agents. <laughs> Security had to be put outside their homes. I, I'm also a taxpayer. Teacher shortages have been a problem locally and nationally for many years. Given additional stressors added by the COVID-19 pandemic, it's not surprising that numbers haven't improved. What's alarming, however, is Missouri's worsening situation. Instead of a post-pandemic bump, teachers are leaving the field at an unprecedented rate. Here to discuss this trend and what's driving educators away from schools and classrooms and our state's school-aged students, we have Heather Fleming, founder and director of the Missouri Equity Education Partnership. Welcome. Thank you. And Todd Fuller, Missouri State Teachers Association spokesperson. Welcome to you as well. Thank you for having me. Thank you both for talking with us today. Now, we've been talking about this misery teacher shortage for some years now. How would you describe the state of things as it relates to the number of educators in the state? Heather, we'll start with you. Right now, um, we have a significant shortage. Um, most of the shortage is also in areas where, um, you know, we, we really need a strong foundation. So early childhood, um, special education, um, English language arts, et cetera. Um, and, and at this point, like 26.2% of our um, teachers have less than five years, five years or less uh, experience. Mm -hmm. And so that is also a serious problem because we don't have the expertise there. So it's a young core. Yes. Yes. Todd, what do you have to add to that about uh, the state of things now and the number of educators we have in Missouri? Sure. Well, the, when, when you start looking at teachers that are going through the process of getting certified, going through colleges of education, there's been a decline over the course of the last six years, a 25% decline. Now it's more like 30% uh, in terms of those individuals that are um, not going into the that are leaving the profession or leaving actually the colleges of education. Um, we, we used to have about 11,000, 10,000 that would go through the process, but not necessarily finish. And mm -hmm. so the number ends up being about 3,000 or 3,600 that actually finish and receive their certification. Um, what, what Heather's saying though, is she's absolutely correct. The, the number of new teachers coming into the profession is much larger than it's ever been before. And, and we don't have our experienced teachers, our, our individuals there to help mentor them and, uh, and help them through the process of learning, not just how to teach their subject, but how to, how to teach and, and all the elements and all the processes that go along with that. Mm -hmm. now, the Missouri State Teachers Association conducts a, an annual survey asking for direct feedback from educators. Todd, what are you hearing from teachers about why they're leaving the field? We, 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 we've done a survey the last couple of years. We did a survey two years ago, and uh, we had about 
nearly 3,000 of our members that responded. Um, we found that more than half of them were saying they're considering leaving the profession. Actually, the, the number when, they, when asked if they contemplated leaving the profession was about 80%. Um, and that was, that was two years ago. Uh, one of the things, two of the things that they're most concerned about were um, student behavior and student motivation. And so this was coming out of years of, of COVID and, and dealing with the, the process of teaching uh, when we were also dealing with COVID. Um, but over the course of this last year, uh, the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education actually did a study. So we decided to, to back off from our study because they were asking very similar questions mm -hmm. about uh, why individuals would want to leave the profession, um, what, what they want to do otherwise. And for us, anecdotally and, and very specifically, we, it was alarming to have many of our members uh, come to us in, say, for instance, January and say, you know what, I'm finished teaching for the year, I'm not going back. That has happened more over the last two years than it's ever happened before. Mm -hmm. Now, typically what could happen to that individual is they could lose their certification. They could, there could be a, a fine of sorts that the district levies against them. And the members that we've been working with say, I don't care. You, you can have my certification because I don't plan on ever teaching again. That, that should alarm all of us. Wow. So they're, they're really exiting, not just taking a break. And it's we, interesting. I heard a story the other day of. Oh, please go ahead. Oh, I'm yes. sorry. I heard a story the other day of an of an individual that uh, went the the district went on spring break and they didn't come back after spring break. And and those stories happen, but not to the level that they're happening now. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that your survey revealed that exits are more about things like student behavior or student motivation than other. Forces. I mean, one of the things that we do know about Missouri is that it has some of the lowest salaries in the nation. Um, has that come up at all, um, Heather, perhaps when you've spoken with teachers or administrators? Um, I think that, that there are a number of issues that um, play into the decision to leave because a lot of teachers, they get into it, you know, understanding that the pay is not going to be that of a, you know, lawyer or doctor, right. et cetera. But um, when you compound some of the issues that we've had around the state with the low pay, low, you know, we're one of the lower states in beginning pay for teachers. We're also one of the lowest states for median Mm -hmm. um, pay for teachers. And so it's one of those things where they start low and they never, you know, really catch up right. um, as well. When when you have that compounded with, as Todd said, um, issues with student motivation, with student behavior. Um, and then, you know, just the reality is that a lot of educators have felt a lot of educators have felt under attack mm -hmm. over the last few years because of the, you know, anti-equity um, bills that have come forth, those bills that are parents' bill of rights that, you know, um, govern the behavior and, and um, curriculum writing and, and et cetera of teachers and profes professionals who understand education better than, you know, anyone. Mm -hmm. um, all of those things have come up as an issue, and I think it plays into the decision to leave the profession. Right. And what are the long-term effects of some of the policies that you've just talked about regarding um, curriculum um, limitations on diversity, equity, inclusion work at a school? You know, I, I was um, an educator uh, myself, I taught English language arts, and I left in 2018. Um, 
in order to pursue diversity, equity, and inclusion training as a profession. Um, I couldn't imagine teaching right now. Mm. I really couldn't mm. because in the end is, is pretty much what they're saying, especially for as an African-American woman, um, that I can't bring my experience and my identity into the classroom if I can't talk about those things that have impacted um, me and people that look like me. Mm. And so it has a deleterious effect on um, not just our students, but our teachers. We're having struggles with mental health, just like um, students are. We're having, um, you know, struggles with even what we can teach and how we can teach it well, because it feels like there are people looking over your shoulder right. all the time to tell you what you can do. I mean, it gets to the point that teachers are people too. <laughs> they do not live at school or in the they classroom. Are. And one of the things as an educator that we know is that our kids actually really respond when a teacher brings their full selves into the classroom, their personality, their, you know, um, likes and dislikes, because they want that personal connection. Um, research is, has shown that relationships are so very important. Well, if you're telling me just come into the classroom not to bring any myself, how do I take the steps necessary in order to establish the relationship that so many of my students need right. in order to gain that motivation to learn well? It's just um, there's a lot that is inhibiting our ability to be the best educators that we can be. Mm -hmm. Now, Tom, when it comes to things like book bans in school libraries, um, criticism of curriculum that fosters discussions about race, and then um, what we heard in our earlier segment from Kate Grumke um, about aspects of identity that uh, teachers are not being permitted to talk about um, with sort of a, a reasonable amount of freedom, where is outrage around such conversations and content coming from? And how big or small is that group in reality? I, I think a lot of what we end up seeing happening in our state is actually coming from uh, other states. I mean, I, I think you could look, for instance, to Florida to see what's going to be coming to Missouri in terms of some of the legislation. Um, some of the legislation we're facing right now happened in Florida just a year ago and two years ago, almost like there's a playbook out there that they're mm -hmm. following. And it, exactly. it's, it's frustrating because um, we have we have teachers uh, that want to spend time teaching, not focusing on the the business of teaching, and they, they don't get that opportunity to do so. Uh, when when you talk about uh, the the individuals that are vocal, um, and I'm, I know Heather has seen this as well. When you look at legislation, for instance, and you look at testimony in in the Capitol, um, we we put together a video earlier in the year, and it was individuals talking about their concern for open enrollment bills. And we had a lot of superintendents, teachers, some parents that talked about the issue of, of passing a bill like that. The only individuals that were in favor that spoke in terms of testimony were lobbyists. Um, so I, we don't necessarily hear from the individuals that will actually be affected by these these bills and, and this legislation. Mm -hmm. And just as a reminder, the open enrollment question has to do with parents or families having the choice about where they can send their kids for public schooling. 
Correct. And so instead of um, control being and and you being required to live within the school district in which your children attend, um, to be able to go to any school district, Mm -hmm. how that harms is that there's going to be a lot of local schools who end up being defunded. Um, There's also going to be other school districts that end up being, you know, overwhelmed with an Mm -hmm. open enrollment as a result of this. And so we're it's I've been down in Jeff City all of those times um, that Todd mentioned. And the the reality is, is, you know, sometimes it feels like people aren't listening. Mm -hmm. Some of our legislators aren't listening because if they were, um, then they would hear the fact that this is something that is going to be um, you know, very negative right. for our schools and our school districts. And I think what it's done is it's kind of empowered some of the chaos agents <laughs> that we might see within <laughs> school districts. Mm-hmm. Um, it has also, you know, had a chilling effect on um, teachers, what they feel like they can t- um, teach, how they feel like they can show up in the classroom, how they can use their professional knowledge. Right. Um, and to that point, actually, and. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a conversation earlier in the hour about mm-hmm. allegations of anti-trans discrimination mm-hmm. at Kirkwood School District, and this mm-hmm. goes straight to what you were talking about as far as a chilling effect. Uh, we received a voicemail from Kathy, who called mm-hmm. in to share her thoughts on parents who feel they would like more control over what happens at their kids' school. If the parents want input and control, then they have to pay the school board something so that they have some kind of control. Now, if that would buck the state law, they might want to look into it, okay? But I would say that at all the school districts, the public schools across the state, they need to pay a stipend to the school board so that they have control, some kind of control and they haven't turned total control over to the school board. Todd, can I have you respond to uh, the sentiment there? I, if I understand correctly, um, the the idea is that if there is a, a payment that's going to those school board members, then there's some kind of ownership in in terms of our investment in what they decide. Um, I I think, though, that the election process works very well if we use it correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, And also the the opportunity to speak and be heard works correctly if it's not abused. And that's what that's really what I have seen happen in school board meetings around the state is the abuse of the opportunity to communicate and and share your information rather and and do it professionally and and do it in a way that allows other people to listen and 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 there's not going to be dialogue in a school board meeting and i think a lot of uh, patrons of a school district don't understand that they're the board is there to listen not necessarily respond Mm -hmm. Um, and i think that frustrates some of them but if you use the process correctly i i think it it will work. We've seen it work for years and years. I have only seen issues the way I've seen them over the course of the last three years, really. And I've been with MSTA for 23 years. And we actually did a a segment about school boards and how they are not paid for that service, which was a very uh, specific point that was being made at that time. We need to take a quick break, but when we return, we'll return to this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Thank you.
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com. Welcome back. We're talking today with Todd Fuller, spokesperson for the Missouri State Teachers Association, and Heather Fleming, former teacher and founder and director of the Missouri Equity Education Partnership, to discuss Missouri's continuing and worsening teacher shortage, and doing so against the backdrop of recent events that have driven educators out of classrooms, schools, and the field of teaching as a whole. Now, before the break, we were talking about aspects of identity that teachers in particular have not been able to talk about, about the chilling effect that that has had. Um, And one of the things that's part of this context locally is what happened last fall in the Rockwood School District. In October, uh, Rockwood's Board of Education voted against renewing three longstanding diversity programs that gave students of color a sense of community in the district. This was prompted by pressure from a group called the Concerned Parents of the Rockwood School District. Brittany Hognan, who was the Director of Educational Equity and Diversity for the district, as well as Terry Harris, the district's Executive Director of Student Services, both resigned from Rockwood. Um, and they both uh, talked about how much they cared for their students, yet felt they had to leave the district in order not only to thrive, but feel safe personally in their line of work. Heather, what does that say about where we are today when educators do not want to leave their jobs, but feel compelled to? Um, I think that it it is a dangerous place um, to be, be in. Everything that happened in Rockwood was so um, not only unfortunate, but in my opinion, a cautionary tale about um, what could happen in any given district. Um, we have to be aware of how this rhetoric impacts people because there seems to be mounting anger um, and fear that have been ginned up by, um, you know, some people on one side or the other of the political spectrum. But one of the things that we ha- always have to keep in mind is that, number one, um, our school boards, et cetera, are not supposed to be politicized mm-hmm. at all. It's nonpartisan work, and everyone should be there for the um, betterment of all students. But then the next thing is is just that point, all students. And what we look at is that there's people who argue that, no, we should have equality. The problem is, is that equality means that there's people, there are going to be students, teachers, et cetera, within our school districts whose needs are not specifically met because what's fair is to give every student, every um every educator, what they need in order to best succeed. And that looks different for everyone. And so that's what I often tell people is that equity is the vehicle by which we reach equality. And it's not equality of outcomes necessarily, it's equality of opportunity. Mm-hmm. And we are failing our students, and Rockwood is a good um, 
cautionary tale to show that. Right. Now, Todd, um, I'm sure that you have heard this, but at one point with the two folks in Rockwood we were just discussing, security had to be put outside their homes because of things that were being said on social media. From your state level perspective, and given your own experience and observations too, do you think that Rockwood is an anomaly or is it an example of a larger trend or problem in our state? I, I think it's a, in many ways a cautionary tale of what could happen in other parts of the state. And um, what's concerning about that is while I haven't seen that and as an association we haven't seen it to the degree that it happened in Rockwood, we've seen um, other situations close, very similar in Kansas City, in southwest Missouri near mm -hmm. Springfield, and even here in central Missouri where, where I am in Columbia. And, you know, that that level of contentiousness has increased uh, more than than I've ever seen before. And and that's that's concerning. That that worries me not only as a a employee of MSTA, but as a parent in a in a public school district. Mm -hmm. And and to add to that, I can just say that you know, um, a lot of people are saying, well, I'm a taxpayer and so teachers should do what I, what I you know, they, what I want them to do for my child. The, the thing is, is that I, I'm also a taxpayer. Mm -hmm. And so I want my mm -hmm. child to have the same opportunities that other children have had too. And in Rockwood School District, that was kind of the argument is, well, you know, this specific group of children needs, need to be um, served well but it's at the expense of other populations like that particular those particular programs those programs that they cut were very a very minimal part of the district's entire budget um, so it, it was like it's not saving money it has no other purpose than to say we don't want pro programs that specifically target um, underserved populations mm -hmm. Now, as we heard from Kate Grumke, our education reporter, earlier this hour, school districts often encourage people of various you know, diverse backgrounds to apply for jobs. But we've also been discussing the reasons black and LGBTQ educators in Missouri have resigned from their positions in the last year. Um, how concerned are you that the climate in education today is going to lead to a lack of diversity in the field. Um, Todd, if you can re respond to that, particularly because you've, you've mentioned that your children are, are school kids in a public system. Mm -hmm. uh, I, when you look at the numbers of, of individuals uh, uh, that are going into uh, the profession in, in Missouri, overwhelmingly the number of, of white teachers is uh, I have the I had the number here a second ago, but it's it's well into the num into the 80, 80 to ninety percent. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's extremely high compared to the number of uh, persons of color that are are going into the teaching profession. Um, it's already been very low for a number of years. I don't I could fully understand when somebody uh, reconsiders the opportunity to become a teacher, even if that's what they want to do, even if that's what their passion is, if they don't feel safe, if they don't feel comfortable uh, in in the classroom or, or in their school, then why would they want to, to move into that profession, regardless of how much they want to help help students? Right, right. 
Um, you know, I spoke at my alma mater, Truman State University, about four or five years ago to their um, College of Education. And while I was there, I found out it was startling to me, 100% of the education candidates in the school were white. Wow. 100%. Five years ago. Yeah, it was like four or five years ago. Okay. Um, that is alarming because at one point, my understanding is like 95% of all the certified teachers in the state of Missouri um, that was around that same time were white. Mm -hmm. That ends up being an issue because one of the things that research finds is that when we look at high achievement, especially with African-American students, many times those students um, who have had African-American teachers, um, they, they excel a little more because there's like more students are identified African American students are identified for gifted programs mm -hmm. by African American teachers than by white teachers. Right. You know, it's 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 information like that that makes it essential that we put a push forward. But this is ends up being a conversation that school districts around the state have over and over again and we never quite come up with a solution mm -hmm. for how do we attract and retain um, good um, minority educators. Right, right. Um, yeah, so I, I have a lot of concerns about sure. that. Sure. Now, Rory on Twitter wrote, uh, Missouri's already losing so much, including our best, brightest, and most passionate. I've met people who've quit their jobs to move away, who are transferring out of universities, and who are unable to recruit new people to move to Missouri to take open positions. So Heather, you were saying that was a, a, a talk that you gave five years ago at your alma mater. Everyone mm -hmm. was white. Among those who are black or other people of color, um, they may also be LGBTQ. It's not just one sort of box, right. so to speak, that people will check off, but it, it's, it is going to have an effect and already has had that effect. Todd, what do we know about um, you know about the state of the pipeline of teachers sort of over time? So when we started this segment, we said that the, the teacher shortage has been going on for quite some time. Um, mm -hmm. What is your sense about what is making this worse in the in the last couple years? I, I think that teachers have many more opportunities and individuals going into um, going into education are seeing that they have other opportunities outside of of teaching. They what's happening is they're not even getting to the classroom, which is where they would in, enjoy what they what their passion probably is, why they went into or wanted to go into the profession to begin with. Um, I was to, Heather mentioned five years ago and some of the changes that haven't happened. Uh, I was thinking today about five years ago, I was at a, a job fair. And it, when I started going to teacher job fairs 10 years ago, it was primarily Missouri school districts that were vying for uh, for the, the new teachers coming in um, to teach in their school districts. And five years ago, what we started to see was other states coming in and trying to recruit our teachers from New Mexico to Alaska. Now what I've seen in some cases is other businesses also showing up at some of those uh, job fairs to recruit teachers because they know they're going to be uh, great employees, um, they're hard workers, and they, they're, they, they have their degree 
And so we had in, in Columbia alone, and I know this is the case in St. Louis, Kansas City, and throughout the state, there are businesses that would be more than happy to hire our teachers mm-hmm. at double the pay, and we should be concerned about that as well. Right, right. And to that point, so last year, Missouri lawmakers passed a, a plan to raise teacher salary to $38,000 a year with 70% of the cost paid for by the government and the other 30% paid for by local schools. You know, this year, that same plan is in place, but the Senate has proposed adding an additional $7.6 million in funding to pay for the 30% match. So that would take some of the the burden off schools. So the the total teacher pay plan in the budget is now $29.4 million. Now, if the Senate's proposal gets passed and signed into law, um, Heather, do you see this changing the landscape? Is it enough to mitigate teacher shortfalls? Um, Unfortunately, I don't think so. I... (laughs) I came up earlier, like Jonathan Lawson says on those um, insurance companies, the three P's, um, three P's. We we need pay, mm-hmm. but then our teachers also need protection, mm-hmm. and they need professional trust. And so the pay issue is is the starting point, um, but the the problem is that um, most of our rural districts still pay so very poorly because of the, you know, they don't have the available resources that those, you know, the teachers, if we do get them back, they'll head to school districts that pay a little bit higher. And those will mainly be in the um, urban areas. Mm -hmm. Um, But our teachers need protection. You're right. You know, why did they have to hire um, security for professional educators? in Rockwood, how many other places um, might have to do that because of what's happening and the fact that this rhetoric turns up the heat on teachers so much. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, teachers are tired of coming and because they read The Bluest Eye or or some other book that kids really enjoy, they're called pedophiles um, or groomers. We, We have to find ways to protect them. Um, and then the final thing, of course, is the professional trust. Of I, I myself have spent um, eight years in school learning how to be a teacher. Um, and so, therefore, when I'm talking to parents about, well, here's what the best choice is for the greatest majority of our students, we need that professional trust. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take more than pay. Now, in our final minute, um, and each of your views, with just one sentence, what's the one change that would get more teachers into school and working with kids? Todd? I think it's you, we need to respect and have some sense and level of empathy as parents, as community members, uh, and, and believe that our teachers can do the job that they were hired to do and do what their passion is, and that's teach. Mm-hmm. Heather? We need our legislators and parents to stop um, attacking teachers' abilities to perform well and to utilize their professional um, experience to do what's best for their students. Heather Fleming is a former teacher and founder and director of the Missouri Equity Education Partnership, and Todd Fuller is spokesman, uh, spokesperson for the Missouri State Teachers Association. Thank you to you both. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This episode was produced by Emily Woodbury.
Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.